0: and I'm arts editor of the Times Argus and Rutland Herald. Each week I travel the state hearing, watching, enjoying the best Vermont has to offer in the arts. And I try to put it together and deliver it to you. It all culminates with the Vermont Arts section every Saturday in the Times Argus and Rutland Herald.
1: So, it's Thursday, June 6th, and I am here in the Rutland Herald podcast studio with uh, arts editor Jim Lowe, and uh, we're going to talk about the upcoming arts section for this weekend.
0: So, uh, what do you have on tap for us this weekend, Jim? Well, our cover stories couldn't be more different, except they have one thing in common. To a large degree, they're for families. Believe it or not, there is a contemporary music festival going on at Shelburne Farms, mm. noon to 6, uh, Saturday the 15th. But it's set up for families with activities of all sorts. And this is contemporary classical music. Let oh, me, classical let me music. Point okay. out this is not a, this is not a rock not festival. Not contemporary rock? No, and it's <laughs> and it's some of it's pretty avant garde, but I've actually heard some of the music, and it's more related to nature. Mm. But there's lots of fun for kids to have and stuff like that. Well, the other thing is more obvious is Phantom Toll Booth. Mm. Weston Playhouse is opening its its season as it always does with a young company production. This year they're doing a musical version, hour long version of the Phantom Toll Booth. Now. Lots of people know the Phantom Toll Booth. Believe it or not, I didn't. I think I was too old. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's an hour it's an hour long, and it's a very it's not preachy, mm-hmm. but lessons are learned. There you go. <laughs> and it, it's it's actually very entertaining, and I personally can't wait to see it.
2: You're listening to Major Prelude and Minor
1: Mishaps, brought to you by the Rutland Herald and the Barry Montpelier Times Argus.
0: And the rest of the week is filled with all sorts of other fun stuff, but the one you're going to have to read to find out about is the art exhibit called Vulva Epiphanies by the young artist... Jocelyn Woods, now Jocelyn's a very interesting person. I'm only gonna tell you about her, I'm not going to okay. tell you about the, the exhibit. You have to read about it or go. Um, she has a serious muscular neuromuscular disease that has kept her bedridden most of her life. Oh wow. And it, it got worse. She started off, she, she was uh, a classical pianist, and mm. quite a good one in her teens. I actually interviewed her and reviewed a recording of hers. And it was very good, but she gradually lost more and more control of her body. She's written plays, an opera, and now she has found a unique approach to visual art. So, if you want to know about it, you'll have to read it.
1: Cool. Well, we'll you're keeping us in suspense, but uh, the weekend will be here soon.
0: Well, there are all sorts of other things. You know, it's a busy weekend. It's a busy uh, weekend. It's busy
1: summer. The summer is short in here in Vermont, so yeah. we got a pack a lot of arts in. And if people are wondering, they can also go to our wonderful Vermont Summer Guide, right? Because there's Absolutely. a whole schedule in there that we put out. Right. And a, you could find that online
0: and in print. So. And just make sure the dates are right, because some people change them.
1: Okay, well, great. Thanks a lot, Jim. Thank you,
0: George.
3: Hi, this is Stacey Harshman of the Sparkle Barn in Wallingford, Vermont. You are listening to Major Prelude and Minor Mishaps. The Vermont Arts Podcast from the Rutland Herald and the Barry Montpelier Times artist.
1: Welcome to the second part of our podcast where I, George Nostrand, podcast engineer, take over the mic to introduce you to local artists for our Works in Progress section. This week I'm sharing with you a portion of the interview I did with a local band Discovus. Uh, we met on a Saturday morning, which is kind of rough for musicians, but we chatted about a bunch of topics ranging from booking as an instrumental band to being the backup band for a variety of different acts in this region. Correct me if I'm wrong, which I usually am. Discavus. First of all, it's D I S C A V U S.
2: That's right. Oh, all
1: right. One point for George. Ding. <laughs> and you are a like funk fusion jazz rock Jam band, something like that? Everything with like, jam band. Everything with jam band, okay. Stay, <laughs> away. Just stick to fusion Stay away from to the jam band it thing. It's easier okay. to
2: call it that. A little bit of everything, Okay, a little bit of something, a little bit of That's nothing, cool. all just kind of happens.
1: Right. And you're a, a three-piece with two names, right? Yes. Josh, Josh, and... Do you want to go by Fitzy? Is that... Yeah, that's, okay, yeah, Fitzy. what everyone else knows. Okay. We're working on a name change. We're trying to <laughs> okay. change it to Josh, but... I think you should, should do that. Yeah, yeah,
2: definitely. Excellent.
1: So how long have you guys been playing together as a trio? Ooh,
4: how long has it been a trio? As a trio, it's been since... October. Yeah, like fall, yeah. early okay. fall probably. Yeah, Nine, no, ten
2: there's months. October, there you go. Yeah, this yeah. is, this is <laughs>
4: uh, the third iteration of Discovist. Okay. Pretty much.
1: Right. And uh, being that you're Rutland musicians, it's kind of this incestuous relationship with all these other bands and different lineups and stuff like that, and I assume, uh, did it start out as Discovist, or was it something else, or? Uh,
2: I guess way, way back in the day, um, before uh, either of these two were even involved, Mm -hmm. there was a band that went by Alice's Wonder Band. Okay. That was... uh, Joe Plotz, Tim Dutch, Ryan Carney, and myself, and that was some of the. That's where some of the original Discovis material showed up when we okay. first wrote some of it, and uh, that kind of went by the wayside. And then about a year or so later, myself and Joe again started Discovis as like a two-piece guitar and bass. See where it goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we decided we didn't like playing as a two-piece very quickly which is when we went and found uh, Fitzy here, and that's when we pulled uh, Tim Dutch back into the mm-hmm. picture. And so we played as a four-piece. Tim's piece. a keyboard player? Yeah, yeah, so it was a four-piece. It was uh, guitar, bass, and he was playing like an organ, mm-hmm. um, and then drums, and so we did that for uh, probably be about a year, yeah. maybe a little longer than a year. Yeah, actually. And then uh, Tim went his own way to do some other things, and we ended up bringing on Derek Lloyd, mm-hmm. another Rutlandite in the music scene, and uh, played with him for, was that about a year? Probably about a year. <laughs> Probably about a year was the theme here.
4: <laughs> so instead of an organ, we had two guitar yeah, players.
2: Yeah, so we went to the two guitar thing, and that's when we started bringing some of the heavier sounds into the band. And uh, then that kind of you know disintegrated, and Joe and Derek went their own way to pursue other things, and me and Fitzy knocked our heads together for a few days until he recommended uh, uh, Josh over here. And we brought him in and we gave him like a rehearsal and a half, I think you could call it. And then we went and played a gig nice. and everything just kind of fell into place. And since that, since we brought in Josh and we went with the three-piece vibe, I think we've kind of taken off a little bit and had a lot more success as musicians and in writing. And we feel the band's right. going somewhere now, which is cool.
3: Hi, this is Stacey Harshman of the Sparkle Barn in Wallingford, Vermont. You are listening to Major Prelude and Minor Mishaps, the Vermont Arts Podcast from the Rutland Herald and the Barry Montpelier Times Argus.
1: And uh, you're you're an all instrumental band, correctly. You're not. You have a lot of vocals or no absolutely. vocals? Or? Absolutely, no absolutely, okay. no vocals, no vocals. None. The heck with that.
2: No, it wouldn't go well. Right on. Those Just, kind of vocals we okay. would write. You don't want to put a microphone in front of us? Yeah, it would be... I, I, like to, I, like, I, I liken it to if like a seven-year-old was in the Navy and was writing folk songs about the things they saw happen. Wow. That would be the kind of language I think you'd have come out <laughs> in just vocals. That could be interesting. Definitely. It could, but I don't think we'd get probably, much yeah, airtight. Yeah. But probably, as far no, as mass appeal. No, I mean, yeah, the instrumental thing has always been kind of where the band's gone from the get-go, and it's... Uh, The guys who I started originally with, we were all from the jazz world Mm -hmm. and, you know, we're just used to playing instrumental and kind of just fell into that line. And, you know, there's enough lead singers out there, you know, then, you know, it's nice to Mm -hmm. play just instrumentally for a while. And then that's where the other bands come in. You know, we play as hired guns and get paid to listen to someone else sing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Um, And I imagine it's got to be a little bit of a challenge to, to finding gigs as an instrumental band or... I know there's always a push for cover songs and yeah. even getting original music.
4: Around here it's a little tough. Yeah, It's kind of hit or miss. You have to mm-hmm. find the right crowd, the right people. Mm-hmm. But there's certain venues that really accept that stuff. Like Rick and Cat's. Helen Mouse yeah. is a big one for us. Yeah, been a, been Yeah, a, I would say the majority of
2: our Rutland playing is probably like the open mics and that mm-hmm. stuff hanging out. Cool. Um, and then most of our gigs end up outside of the town or mm-hmm. state. Mm-hmm. You know, Excellent. which is cool, though. We yeah. enjoy it. Yeah.
1: Excellent. Any uh, interesting places you've played in the last couple of years as far as traveling around outside of the state or outside Ooh. of Rutland? Or? Yeah. This Pennsylvania past, uh,
2: yeah. This past January, we went down to... It was January, right? Not February. It was January. January. Yeah. yeah. yeah we the went Abbey down bar, right? to the Abbey Bar and mm-hmm. Grill. Cool. And uh, it was down in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. It was a good time. I've never seen so many billboards in my life. They were stacked yeah. so so thick that by the time one billboard ended, the next one started and you it's couldn't like a see wall. a gap between them. Yeah. It was crazy. That's and then, yeah, crazy. like Fitz said, there was just tires everywhere on the side of the road. Wow. That's New Jersey for you. Yeah, Yeah. yeah New Jersey was just trash. <laughs> Pennsylvania was tires and billboards. You know? <laughs> it was confusing, very confusing.
1: Well, it is always interesting is um, I think a lot of musicians in Vermont live here, in part for the lifestyle and, and what it's like to live in Vermont, you know, that a lot of us maybe could be working more, could be doing more different things outside of the state, but um, how, have you guys all been in Vermont for most of your lives, or?
4: Oh, yeah, yeah. Me, hey, me me and, have, yeah, me and the base Josh here. Base Josh. Base Josh. <laughs> uh, we've, we've lived here all our lives, mm-hmm. uh, growing up in Rutland, did stupid things there for a lot of years. But you, you come from yeah, a land down under from us. Yeah, I Rhode
2: Island, and I okay. was planted up here for college okay. back when Castleton was a college, not okay. a university, <laughs> and uh, yeah. I uh, have been up here, aside from a quick, I lived in Jersey for about 9, 10 months, f- one year, and uh, other than that, I've been in Vermont for the past 10 years, mm-hmm. kind of doing this thing, and absolutely right, we could all be doing much more and probably making more money elsewhere, but, it's you know, it's a, it's a good time here. Yeah. You know?
1: It was interesting, I bumped into a guy um, just uh, last week at, uh, at uh, Hoppin' and Moose, and he was saying, he was from upstate New York, and he said, there's lots of bands there, there's lots of venues, he's like, but you go out to see a show, and people are just going through the motions. You know, they're there to play their guitar and get paid kind of thing. He's like, he'd just moved to Rutland, he's like, I've seen so many bands in the last couple of weeks, and they all have such a blast, and you can tell they really love playing music, and they're out there doing it, you know? I said, yeah, we're we're poor, but we're <laughs> we're yeah, having yeah. fun. <laughs> very true. But great, and you have uh, some live recordings, right? That you uh, recorded recently. At-
2: yeah, we're on the uh, YouTube. We Excellent. got these uh, trippy videos mm-hmm. that I make very late at night when I've done too many drugs, <laughs> and uh, they just kind of follow along. And we have uh, it's four videos, but two of the videos are two songs that kind of bleed one into the other. Mm-hmm up and it's from a live show we did at Rick and Cat's Howlin' Mouse in Roland here.
1: Great. We're gonna do, a, we're gonna play a live clip here and uh, what's the name of this track and tell me a little bit about it.
2: Uh, this one is named uh, Bacon Beach you know and it's uh, it's just a, it's a funky tune it's one of the very few tunes we have where it's almost all clean guitar the mm-hmm. whole time you know it's a rarity in mm-hmm. our set and uh, we're just getting down it's a pretty simple you know kinda like chord progression moving around and then we're just kind of playing over it and having some fun. Great. Okay. Well, let's take a listen here.
1: So for uh, we're going to do a quick gearhead section here. For the gearheads in, uh, out there in radio land, uh, why don't we start with the, with the drum room? What kind of a kit do you
4: play? So I was playing a big mix of drums from other band members, blah, blah, blah. But recently I just paid a good happy fine for a nice drum set at uh, B Music, the local oh, cool. music shop in town. Right and uh, it's a Yamaha Stage Custom All Birch kit. And what's great about it is that it's a little smaller than standard size kits. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of pop and a lot of, a lot of force, but it's got a lot of beef behind it, mm-hmm. which is great. <clears throat> so it's, it's a really nice kit for pretty much anything I do. It works really well with this situation. It's very poppy, very has that funk mm-hmm. aspect to it. Uh, for symbols, it's a mix of shit. I use some pasty stuff. I just got a really awesome dream ride from a really good music friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, those are like the big mm-hmm. pieces of my kit, really.
1: Cool. And as as a drummer, I mean there's a lot of pretty small venues around here. Is it is it a challenge for you to try to play without overplaying or play with these guys and
4: Um I I guess
1: Or do you just it, kinda gotta it do it? It used you know? to be. Used to Definitely be. Definitely okay. used to be. Huh?
4: When I was starting out playing at like some of the open mics around here, mm-hmm. you know, I, I came from like a punk and metal background. Like me and the bass player mm-hmm. used to play in punk and metal bands back in like high school mm-hmm. and like, you know, just getting out of high school and stuff like that. And then I ventured out to a lot of the open mics around here, like a Chris Paluto's open mic down mm-hmm. at the venue. And uh, them specifically, they opened me up a lot mm-hmm. just playing with a lot of different kinds of music and like seeing what falls into where. And then ever since I met Josh, mm-hmm. like picking his brain about. A lot of drum stuff you know mm-hmm. he used to do like drum line and stuff back in college or whatever so picking that brain and then picking the side of like the funk and the jazz aspect you kind of really see where things fall in place mm-hmm. and how to play within the round what you're playing with
1: yeah excellent yeah that that's great and uh what about uh you josh bass player uh, what kind of gear are you Currently playing or into uh, or most of it belongs to other jocks. <laughs> 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 That's kind <laughs> of uh, We uh, we took a speaker cabinet, ripped <laughs> the speakers out of it. Nice. Took my PA system, ripped the speakers out of that, and then
2: combined the two. And oh, cool. I got a little amp head up from Beat Music. Little, little Frankenstein. There, and, yeah, it's a uh, it's a uh, bag end two twelve <laughs> cab. Nice. With uh, Behringer Euro Live PA speakers in it. Really. inch.
1: Interesting. Yeah. That cool. sounds
2: killer. Yeah. yeah. You feel the juices rumbling in your
1: stomach. <laughs> yeah. well, I'm looking forward to hearing it. And uh, without naming every single pedal on your pedal board, we, <laughs> we don't have all day. Yeah. yeah. We don't have to give us that. a. That's, that's going to change Synopsis anyway. of the of the Josh sound here. Maybe. Oh,
2: uh, I guess the, uh, the the one the one weird thing is it all starts with the keyboard amp. Mm-hmm. Uh, I use one of the Roland KC series keyboard amps, but I've torn all of the factory speakers out of it. If you haven't caught the theme yet, Mm -hmm. we gut everything and have fun with it. Um, And I use a Carvin uh, 12-inch guitar speaker, and so it's literally just basically like a powered speaker cabinet is what I'm going Mm -hmm. for, you know, Mm -hmm. it's got a little bit of high and low adjustment, but not much. And then I just have a pedal board out in front of that that kind of shapes the sound and tweaks it from there. Yes. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of couple drives, uh, some noise-making devices, mm-hmm. a handful of modulation pedals. I just bought a flanger today at B nice. Music, <laughs> new addition to the fleet. We're going to try it out in cool. a few hours when we play here for there the first go. time. You know, <laughs> it's always the best time to use a pedal that's live, you know. Oh, of course, yeah. You know, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I guess uh, my heart goes out to Boss and tone because they take up the most real estate on my board, mm-hmm. and... Uh, First, for guitars in the Discovis world, it's strictly, I use an Ibanez Iron Label series, and the numbers escape me, it's like 6xfbxg, that, you know, because Ibanez doesn't name their guitars ever. Right. But uh, I believe it was designed for metal players, but it cool. works pretty well for fusion. Cool. You know? Excellent. Excellent.
1: My name is Josh, the bass player, and you're
4: listening to a major prelude and minor mishaps.
1: So do you guys have uh, any other uh, big gigs up, lined up on the horizon or any uh, projects that you're working on?
2: You know, there's some stuff in the works, you know, fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. You know, some things could happen this summer that are a lot of fun. Uh, we've been talking to uh, Hamjob a lot, our good buddies mm-hmm. over there. And uh, at some point, eventually, you'll see some kind of Hamjob job give collaboration. collaboration, right. either in this area or the Burlington area, we're thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, But as for now, it's just, you know, playing. We host an Mm -hmm. open mic every Wednesday at the alley. You know, everyone's welcome. We cater to all skill levels, Mm -hmm. you know. Backline's provided. Just show up with an instrument, plug into something, and make noise. There you go. Excellent. If you're a musician, you need a band. Yeah. you yeah, But You're also uh, everybody else's backing. Yeah, band, right? yeah. So we in do. We kind of play as hired guns, and that's how we mm-hmm. can afford to play in a band that never gets a paid gig. There you go. Is by playing at everyone else's <laughs> paid gigs. You know, so if at any point you need guitar, bass, or drums, or all three, we come as a pre-contained unit. You know, just you, you know, feed us drinks and give us a little bit of money at the end.
1: Excellent, excellent.
2: And yeah, we can write <laughs> this
1: down. But any uh, www. Facebook website uh, oh, we yeah. exist
2: on Facebook okay. we exist on Instagram we exist on YouTube okay. and uh, most importantly for anyone who's not aware uh, there's a site called Patreon out there right. which is really cool and uh, they're helping support you know small artists and small creative people and uh, the whole point of it is you go on and you can subscribe to kind of help support local artists or you know distant artists or just creative people in general. And uh, we have an account up there, and it's, you can subscribe to us. And it's uh, you pay two dollars a month right now, uh, f- just you know for the love of music and mm-hmm. to help us get stuff going. But the hope is that we'll grow that page if we can build a community there, and we'll start releasing music through that, and we'll start releasing merchandise and stuff like that. Um, so big big kick on Patreon. Go check sure. us out there. And uh, yeah.
1: Well, let's uh, let's go out on uh, one more of your life tunes here. What do you, what do you guys want to run as a? It has to be raw. Take us out. Yeah,
2: we'll just do raw. It's the only original raw? Episode. Yeah.
1: Okay, great. This is Discovis Raw.
3: This is Stacey Harshman of the Sparkle Barn in Wallingford, Vermont. You are listening to Major Prelude and Minor Mishaps, the Vermont Arts Podcast from the Rutland Herald and the Barry Montpelier Times Argus.